but I'm not going to do what I should do is talk about uh, Ben Ramguri. Um, what I learned from him, what I know about him <laughs> is because we're going to be here till Rosh Hashanah. So uh, he'll be working with me and I'll get to the topic. Life's challenges. The world is filled with challenges in every generation and every person. The question is what type of challenges there are. I remember one time many years ago, I went to Meisha Sturmbach, from the Gedolei Poskim Gedolei Hadar. The disciple of said about him 50 years ago that he's one of the biggest Gedolei Torah at that time. And he said, we went to him once, and he told us a fascinating little tidbit, little story. He said when he was, he learned, he, during the war years, he was in England, and he learned by his Rebbe, Rabbi Moshe Schneider Zachonatalik Levrapa, was a person who was a Rosh Hashiv in Germany. And then when, when Hitler came to power, he was able to get out and get to England. And the first thing he did before he unpacked the suitcase was to open a yeshiva with three boys, um, Moshe Reichman, Moshe Sternbuch, and one other young man. And he, unfortunately, is not too well known today, but he was an incredible Marbet's Torah and an incredible Rebbe. So Moshe Sturmach shared with us that after his shear, what he used to do was he used to walk, a little exercise to rejuvenate himself after an exhaustive shear. He would walk in the park right across the street from the yeshiva. And boys would walk with him and have an opportunity to talk with him. So Moshe Sturmach said he was only 13 years old and he that was his, his day, and he walked with him. And they took a walk in the park, and they were talking. And a little while later, all of a sudden, a bakker, an older bakker, comes running running through the park and sees him. Rebbe, Rebbe, I'm looking all over for you. So Sturmach of, uh, of Schneider asked him, what's, what's, what's the issue? He said, Rebbe knows that I'm, I'm getting married in America, and I'm going. It's not like today. You go back and forth across the Atlantic those days. He made a trip. He never came back. And he says, Rebbe, you know that I'm getting married, but things have changed. And instead of leaving next week, I'm leaving today. And I'm ready to go to the ship, but I can't leave without you and getting a broker from you. So that's why I was looking for you. So Schneider asked him, it would be my pleasure to give you a broker. What would you like a broker for? And the broker said, I want a broker that I will have a life be blessed with a life without any problems. So he was quiet for a moment of his Rebbe of Schneider, and he said, that's not a bracha. There is no such thing as life without problems, life without challenges. That's a wrong bracha. There is no such thing. What you should be asking for, a bracha that Hashem should help you survive the challenges and the difficulties that will come up later in life, as it does for every single person. Challenges come up at any time, at every time. And the bracha you should be asking for is to be able to face and deal with those challenges. You know, the Bordan and Sfarim, Apidrush, 
that what Moshe Rabbeinu represented and what the name represented Moshe. So we know that he was named by Asif Asparal, but the Balidrus say that Moshe represents the three things that Torah is made on that he had challenged in, that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't understand. Akash told him the Torah and our Sinai, and he taught it to all of Klai Yisrael. He understood everything. There were three things that he didn't understand. One was, he didn't understand the shekel. Kosh told him the shekel. Machsa uh, shekel, everybody should go and they'll be redeemed. And they'll be mechaper. He couldn't understand what that was. And Hashem showed him, Matbeya Shalesh, what the shekel is supposed to represent and what it looked like. And the menorah, menorah was so complicated that Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't understand it, and Akash Baruch showed him a menorah shalish. He showed him a menorah fire. Is there like this? You should make the menorah. The third thing that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't understand was the complications, the complex laws of Kiddush Hakodesh. Akash Baruch took the moon and said, "Kizeh, like this. This is the this is the moon. This is the month. This is the way the moon would look." When we bench the new month, the new moon, because first mitzvah, Kadosh Baruch Hu gave Klai Yisrael, mitzvah Kiddush Hakodesh. So the three things were that Moshe Rabbeinu was niskasha v'davar, Chazal Tehnameid that he didn't understand was Moshe was the Menorah, Shin was the Shekel, and Hey represents the the, uh, the represents the third thing, Hakodesh, the, the new moon. So Moshe Rabbeinu. His name represents the three things, the challenges that he had, the, the three things that is, was difficult for him, and that defined who he was. That made Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe, the three things, the name represents the three letters of his name, represents what Moshe Rabbeinu's challenges in life. It defined who he is. We are defined by the challenges of our life that Akkadosh Baruch gives us. The Bali Musa give a marshal, particularly it's important to think about on Erev Yom Adin. Marshal they give of a longtime general who fought many, many wars for the king. And he finally retired from going to battle. And the king was so appreciative of everything that he did. So he said, you're going to come, you live in my palace. My treasure house will be open to you. Whatever you want, whatever you need, you can have. He was so overjoyed. A few days later, the general helped himself to the, the king's wine and got a little shikr. And when he was shikr, he disrespected the king. He made fun of the king. When the king heard that, the king said, off with his head. He was married by Malchus. That's going to be the end of his life. We're going to take him out in three days and he's going to be killed. He's going to be hung in the middle of the streets where everyone could see. And as they were about to take him out, the king's men said to the general, you know, the minute here is that before someone is killed, you have one wish, one last wish that we can grant. What is the wish that you'd like? The general said, I'd like to have five minutes in front of the king. And they said, okay, we'll ask the king. They went to ask the king, and the king said, no. He's going to plead his case. He's going to plead for his life. 
I can't, I don't want to deal with that. I want to punish him. I don't want to hear about all the things he's going to tell me. I am not granting that wish. Go ask him for, to give you a different wish. They went back and said, that the king said, no, what, what's your last wish as we take you out to be killed? And he said, you know what? I just want to see my king one more time. He's my king. I fought my whole life for him. I understand he doesn't want me to plead my case. So you know what? You'll gag me, but I can't say a word. But let me just pass by the king so I can look on him, look at him one more time. And they went back to the king and they told him this request. The king said, this request I'll grant. And as they were taking him to the gallows, the general passed by the king and he stopped for a moment in front of the king and unable to speak because he was gagged, he ripped, took his two hands to his shirt and he ripped open his shirt, bearing his chest, showing all the battle scars on his body that he earned fighting Muhammad battle after battle for the king over so many years. And the king saw that he was moved to tears. And the king said, forget about what he did. Forget about what I said. I'm gonna grant him again to live the rest of his life in the palace and all of all my treasure is open for him, my treasure house. The king forgave everything. Bali, Bali Musa used this mushal and say, we, because Jehovah gives us challenges. Sometimes there's leave scars on our bodies and on the shamas. Sometimes we carry a heavy weight in our, in our hearts. And the Nisyonos challenges are very difficult. But when we stand in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Yehimadin, and surely when we stand in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the ultimate din that we'll have, we'll be able to rip open our shirts and show HaKadosh Baruch Hu the scars that we got in his servicing him, that we stood strong no matter what life challenges, difficult challenges that life gave us. We stood strong and steadfast and we did mitzvahs and we learned and we gave tzedakah and we did everything. We didn't lose Amuna Bitakon despite the difficulties in the battle scars. There was nothing greater. Who wants to see more than that? The challenges, my dear friends, in these days are very different than challenges were faced by our, even our parents and our grandparents. We are living without any question. Without any question. Feeling, I was by Rab Chaim Kanievsky, two years ago. And there was a family that came in. What happened was that a week in, about a week before, there was a terrible tragedy. Terrible tragedy. A young wife and mother was a principal of a school in the Shomron, and she was left her home every morning. Her husband was a Rosh Kailo, took care of the kids so she can go early to school. And she was on her way to school to, to be the principal of this wonderful school, Shuvu school. And she never made it to school. She didn't come home. They put out a search for her. They found the car down the ditch and unfortunately there was nothing they could do. And this woman family happened to have been a relative of Rebbe Kanievsky Kanievsky, some distant relative. 
So the family was sitting shiva, and of course they were broken, and Rabbi Chaim sent his son with a message for them. And the message basically said that Mashiach was, was around the corner. And you're going to have to hear Samesim soon, take the Chama in that. The morning that they got up from Shiva, the children, small children, told their father, they want to hear it from Rabbi himself, that Mashiach is around the corner and Tchiyas HaMesim is going to happen any moment. And so they went to B'nai Brak and they were allowed in and they came in and I was there. And the family asked Rabbi can you please just confirm what your son said, that Mashiach is around the corner? And Rechaim said, no, it's not what I said. And they were very much taken aback. So what did Rechaim say? And he turned to them, he said, Mashiach al HaRechov. Mashiach is not around the corner. Mashiach is on the block already. Al HaRechov. It's just a question of being able to bring it that last step. And in the days of Ikhus of the Mashiach, <clears throat> there's tremendous challenges. That's what, it, that's what Ikhus of the Mashiach is. Chevli Mashiach. Chevli Mashiach, the Chavetz Chaim explains, it's like birth pangs. When a woman, before she gives birth, the contractions are the, are, are the most painful. It gets, as a closer, closer to birth, it gets more and more intense. Chevle Mashiach is that, birth pangs. The Mashiach is about to come. The challenges that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends us as individuals and as Klai Yisrael and to the world are unlike challenges that we've had in the earlier years. The Chavaz Chaim says something that is so frightening that was set up in Ruach HaKodesh. When I told this over, of what I heard, B'Shem Chavetz Chaim. And I heard it because I was Zoha in Eretz Yisrael to go with my dear Chavrusa at the time. Again, I'm going who used to go to Simcha Wasman Zachon and Levracha to talk a little learning. Had a little shaykhs with me, developed a little kesha with him. And when he came back to America, I would go visit him. And he shared something with me, and it was so incredible that I had an opportunity to spend a Shabbos with Rav Rudiman, and when I told this to Rav Rudiman, Rudiman said, this was said, al pi ruach ha-kodesh. al pi ruach ha-kodesh of the Chavetz Chaim. And Rav Rudiman used to say that the last 10 years of the Chavetz Chaim's life, everything that he said was al pi ruach ha-kodesh. So I asked Rav Simcha, who was the only surviving child of Rav Chanawasimin, Shemim Kumdam of the great Rosh Hashivan Baranovich and an incredible Talmud movie of the Chavetz Chaim. Tell me something that your father shared with you that nobody knows. And he sat for a while quietly and then he shared the following. He said, it was the last thing my father told me and it was the last thing that my father heard from the Chavetz Chaim. Chavetz Chaim told Rabbi Chanawasim in two years before he was Nifter. And the Chavetz Chaim came to spend Roshani Yom Kippur with his Rebbe. The Chavetz Chaim was very troubled. And the Chavetz Chaim said that I want you to know that there are going to be three war, there are three world wars in the world. The first two are very different than the third. 
first two World War One, World War Two, Hakadosh Baruch Hu took the tzaddikim with the rishayim. Hakadosh Baruch Hu took. There was no differentiation. The Malachim Mavis that Hakadosh Baruch Hu unleashed took noshim and noshim betaf. Sadikim Tamilikachamim Rosh Hashivas Gedoli Yisrael with simple balabatim. And it was an incredible, incredible loss. And the Chavetz Chaim said there'll be a third world war that will usher in Mashiach. But unlike the previous two wars, Akash Baruch will not take Tzadikim Revishayim, Biyachat. It will be like the Pasik says in Navi and Micha and Perik Zion, Pasik Tesvav, Kimei Tseischa Meeretz Mitzrayim, Erenun flows. Talking about Mashiach, the Navi Micha talks about the final Nevoah of Adikra said the Mashiach, Mashiach coming, and he said that Kadosh Baruch Hu, Erenun flows like the days of going out of Mitzrayim, explains the Chafetz Chaim. We know that. Who went out? Chamushim Aluminaretz. When Klai Yisrael left Mitzrayim, only 20%, one fifth of Klai Yisrael went out. Can you imagine? Three million Jews went out of Mitzrayim. 600,000 men. But three million Jews, the Ramam says. And it was only one fifth of the number of Klai Yisrael. Why did only one fifth go? What happened to the rest of them? Rashi Nezim, they died during Makas Choshak. Why did they die? Because they didn't believe in the Gula, didn't believe in the promise of you, of the Gula, the promise that HaKadosh Baruch made to the others. Only those who were Yore Hashem, who were Dveikim Hashem, those are the ones who survived HaKadosh Baruch who allowed to come out of Mitzrayim. Says the Chavetz Chaim in Taich of the Pasuk in Micha, Kimei Tzeskum Mitzrayim, the final gula will be a will be who will be zoka, who will be zoka to go with Mashiach. Those who are yuri dera Hashem, who believe in emunah bitachon and imamim the mudashleim of Yes Mashiach, that you believe that Hakadosh Baruch Hu's promise of the future. That is what is. Those are the ones who are going to be zoka to be to be let out. And simple, it's not. Simple, it's not. Mashkiach from Lekur of Nosem Rachvogel told of Aaron Cutler, I heard this from Avshner Cutler many years ago. He told of Aaron Cutler that he heard as a Kabbalah from Meshul Leib Diskin that the final Muhamma of Mechemes Gogol Magog ushering Mashiach will only last three hours. And then he said, and that those who will Zohar to come out the only ones will be those who are Elich Yidin. And Ryan was so taken aback. And Ryan said to him, seemingly Rabbi Shulish Leib Diskin was Zoche, was blessed with Ruach HaKodesh to be able to say that. Then he gave a crux and he said, I, I don't know if I'm one of those Elich Yidin that will be Zoche to go out. That was Ryan Cutler. What are we going to say? The answer is, if we hold stark, facing our challenges, the challenges that Akash gives us, both as individuals 
and as members of Klai Yisrael, and as the members of the of the world of humankind. The pandemic that we're dealing with is not a not a Jewish problem. It's a world problem, and it's also our individual problem. It affects us. I can tell you that very much firsthand. But is the challenges that Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave us? How do we deal with it? Do we get stark? And when we talk, do we get stronger? And if and or, or, and if we don't get stronger, then are we going to be zochet to be the erluch yidden, the yuri devar Hashem that we zochet to go out Mashiach? Because we are living in the days clearly of Vikas of the Mashiach, as Reb Chaim said, Mashiach's not around the corner; he's on the al rachov, he's on the block. And we have to be able to understand. I will tell you that I'm out of the hospital now almost five months. I was in the hospital for six and a half weeks. I only remember two and a half weeks of it, the last two and a half weeks. Three weeks I was homemade ben I was hooked up to machines. No remembrance of what took place during that time. And it was okay to a nice goalie because of the tefillos of Klaisel and tefillos of Chaverim like Rav Guri. When I came back home and came back to the world, I feel like trying to get back adjusted. And many people came to visit me and talking about the pandemic and talking about the challenges that they were sick, their mother was sick, their father was sick. I don't see changes in clients. I don't see changes in individuals. Because Baruch sent us these incredible missionos and challenges for us to make a difference with us. So we could go through these challenges and frightening times. Maybe we lost Parnassah if we have Hanassah is less, if we have a relative that's sick, so many challenges. Maybe we had to get married in the backyard with three people. Maybe we had a relative that had a Leviah attended by two people of the Hever Kedisha. All these things that went on in life, how we deal with it and how we grow with it, that we can rip open our shirt in front of Akash Baruch Hu and say, look, look at the challenges and the difficulties I had, but I per- persevered. And I became out stronger. My Muna and Bitakon was ever stronger. This is, this is what Akash Baruch Hu wants from us in these particular times. I want to leave with a marshal. The Gra, I found this in the Kisve HaGra many years ago. And when I said it over to somebody recently, he told me that the Chidah says a very similar mashal. So it must come from some Medrash. But the gist of the mashal that the Gra gives was about a person who was a, a, a poor tailor. And there was the Parits, the, parrots, the governor of the province, who taxed the Yidden, caused them so much sour, was appointed by the king. They're going to make a major dinner banquet in his honor. He was appointed to a high position. And he was so excited, 
He wanted to dress up for the part that he went and he bought the most expensive material and he wanted to make himself a suit that's ready for the king, for the king to present him with an award. And the king, and the, the uh, he didn't know where to go and someone mentioned he's a Jewish tailor, supposed to be the best tailor in town. He went to the Jewish tailor and he gave him the material and he told him the suit, make me the best suit that's, that no one ever saw such a suit. Came back a week later, he tries on the suit. This, this tailor is true to his reputation. He was an incredible, did an incredible job. He paid him and he was ready to go. And he went home to show it to his Rebbitzin, Rebbitzin, his Rebbitzin parrots, to show him, look, look at the suit. And she saw it and she said she hated it more than he did. She said, it's a beautiful suit. Where's the rest of the expensive material? Well, she to get the suit. There's only a little bit of material. Where's the rest of the expensive material? Why didn't he give it back to you? And the poet becomes enraged and goes back to the tailor. Starts, give me the rest of the material. You stole your organov. The tailor begs, tries to know the entire material went into the suit and nothing else. And the tailor, and the person refuses to listen. So the, the, the tailor takes the suit from the poet's hand he puts it on the table and he takes a scissor and starts cutting, cutting the lapel, cutting the pocket, saying, what are you doing? You're ruining the suit. They kept on cutting and cutting until finally laid out all the material. It says, you see, this is all the material that you gave me. You just couldn't tell because it pockets and lapels and cuffs. You couldn't tell that this was all the material. So the pirate says, okay, I see that now you're an honest man, but why did you have to ruin the suit? He says, because you could not understand by looking at the suit and seeing all the material, you couldn't understand, you couldn't see it. And so I had to take it down to its basic form to cut out the suit, cut back the suit, and now you'll understand. He says, the Vilna going, this was the shot of what we say in Yom Kippur, in Musaf, we talk about the Asaru Gemalchus, and we talk the same, we have it in the Kinnis on Tishabav, when they say this, Malak HaMakash Baruch Hu sees this, and the Surah Fimayla asks to serve as a Shaira. Malak themselves ask HaKash Baruch Hu, this is the reward, the greatest Gedolim, this is the reward for, what they, for their Torah. And HaKash Baruch Hu tells them to be quiet, because if they continue asking, he's going to destroy the world, bring it back to Sovavo. What did they do wrong? They were trying to understand that Kaddish Baruch was understand. Explain him. Kaddish Baruch was a servant of Skyra. There's a system. This doesn't fit the system. This doesn't make sense the way we understand it. Kaddish Baruch says even to the Malachim, if you want to understand, you can't understand from looking at the world now. You want to understand why things happen, you have to go back and look from the beginning of the world See how I created it, what the plan is, what I have in mind in store for the Klai Yisrael. Meshach, this bitter agolus. You want to understand the Shoah? You want to stay in the Inquisition? You want to stay in the pogroms? You want to understand the Haruge Malkus, Haruge Malkus? You have to go back to the beginning to understand, back to the beginning of the world. See how Kodesh Baruch understand. We'll never have that understanding. We have to become the Chazik ourselves and the Munavitachon. That I understand. To understand that this is something that we have to go. With. I want to conclude. We're living in a world with so much sorrows. We have 
statement made by Chazal, the one who uttered when in, the, in the creation of the world at the six days, he said, die, die, it's enough, now we can have Shabbos, the world is, is complete. Say, let him say enough about Saras. I went to a Levaya today, a very painful Levaya, of a wife and a mother and a grandmother, 58 years old, and I heard again and again from every Masbit, let Avish to say enough to Atzaras. What's the connection between Yomalamadai and Sarasadai? What's the connection I heard from the Philadelphia Rosh Shiva Rally to Khanatalakavaka many years ago? So beautifully the way he typed it up. He said, Mishayamadai, because Shbrok looked into the world and he saw in the world that there's enough for for, for Klai Israel to be able to see Kutra Barichu in everything that they look at. Is enough. I don't have to create anything else. I created the heavens and the earths and the stars and the mazolos and the, and the rainbows and, and, the, and the mountains and the grass and everything in the world. It's enough for a person to live in this world and see and feel kavyacho in everything that we do. Let it be that we can understand that the sorrows come from a kavyacho you don't need any Mozaros. We understand you control the world. We understand you run the world. You have our attention. We understand that ain't nothing happens in this world. Only When we have that Akara, it's enough. We don't need any Mozaros to bring us to that Akara. The challenges that we face, whether it's a Tsar or a little challenge, Shalom Bayis, trying to find the right Shidduch, Panasa issues, with chinuch of our children, whatever it is, we have to understand that it comes, yes, we do our ishtadlis and do what we have to do to try to solve the problem. We have to understand that it comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's enough to see that Kav Yachol. is behind everything. And if we see that, Clearly, that Mashiach will not just be Allah Rechov, but Mashiach will be in our homes, with our families, bring us to Chiyas HaMesim, bring us to Eretz Yisrael, all the promises that Kaddish Baruch gives Klai Yisrael. Shabbat Shalom, as I am Be'ez Hashem for all of us. Kaddish Baruch Hashem, each of us, Shalos Livenu Latova Amen Sam. Amen. Anybody has a question? They're welcome to uh, present it. And uh, you can feel free to uh, ask anything about this topic or anything related. What's the method to um Accept our challenges, Basimcha, and be happy with our lot. Because I feel like, you know, I've always been kind of stuck in negativity. I mean, I try to be positive, but 
I was thinking the other day that it's really all about perspective and I'm never going to be happy if I just keep, you know, looking at the negative in my life and how challenging life is. So I just want to know how to, how to be happy despite challenges. Well, I mean, Yona speaks about it very much and we find very much in the Sifri Musa, Mechtev Leo has a tremendous arichus on it that's worth every single person to read. The importance of Simcha and when life hints challenges that, that you have to look at everything. If you know that the challenge that you have, the difficulty, is from Kavyako, from HaKadosh Baruch and that it's being done for your good, for your growth, and wow. you find and you attach yourself to something that gives you gives you simple, gives you something that's important, gives you life, a person who learns with, with depth, it gives you a feeling of simcha, it gives you a person does a mitzvah. Not everybody's able to sit and learn. Not everyone can uh, go to Shmim and Shir and understand the depth of his Torah. But there are so many ways to do things that people can do, both in chesed, in staka, people involve themselves. I know many young people that have took upon themselves tremendous chesed projects, tremendous chesed projects. One of the biggest Tom Shabbos projects that services over 40,000 people was started by a 17-year-old who couldn't sit in the base medrash. But he gave himself to this project and the more people told him, you can't do it, you're too young for this. He pushed and he pushed and he pushed. And today it's one of the most successful chesed programs in the world started by a 17-year-old who just needed, and he is sober simcha, this fellow. He, is so, he does chesed with such simcha because he found something that's important to him. A person can find something in learning, of course. You find it may not be learning in the Shiva system, it may be halakha, maybe makshava, maybe chasidus, whatever it can, will be. But it'll be something you find that touches your soul, touches your neshama. And that's something that a person brings a person to a tremendous level of simple. When you find the thing that touches you and uplifts you, it's simple. And I've seen people who have suffered the most the biggest tragedies in life who are tremendous body simple. Tremendous body simple. Shaq used to say that the happiest person he ever met in his life was the Mashkev of Chaskal Levenstein. Chaskal had a very, very difficult life very difficult life. And Rav Shach said that was the happiest person in the world that he knew. Because he grew from those challenges. He grew from the difficulties. He spent all the war years alone. His wife had died. He had a very difficult, difficult life's challenges. But somehow he was the happiest person in the world. The Chazonish had no children. And people went into the Chazonish the thing that, that struck them most was the joy of Simcha that this person had that touched everybody that came into his Dalai Lama's because he found in Torah Simcha Satayra this, this is what he found that gave him that purpose in life that purpose to exist every moment that he was involved in it, it brought him to an incredible level of Simcha so Everybody can do it, find their level, find the thing that interests them, find the thing that they can attach themselves to. 
and you can bring a person in a very quick way. Yeah, Rabbi Ginsburg, so it's so nice to hear you speak and to see you. You know, I, I know you know Tfilos were set all over the world, including Dallas, Texas. It's, it's, it's amazing, and I appreciate your chizuk. Um, if you could just dwell on, I, I think I, mis, I understood, understood you, maybe I misunderstood you, but you said so, an idea that when you is coming back, you, don't, you didn't see so much change. What do you mean by that? Like, what, did you expect something? What, what are you expecting? What should be done differently? Maybe, what, what you... Good question. Excellent question. And it's, um, first of all, thank you for all your tefillos. Uh, I appreciate it. That's why I'm here, because of tefillos. Um, what I meant by that was that, not that I expected the world to be very different, but when I... People, many people came to visit me when I was homebound for, uh, and I came back and talking about the challenges that they had, the challenges they see around them. People lost their jobs. People's companies no longer exist. And when telling me these things, I, I didn't see, I saw concern. I saw people were worried about their situation. People worried about not getting sick. People worried about what's going to be in the future, what's going to be tomorrow. But didn't translate it a change where you see people different. You see people acting different. They're davening different. They're learning different. They're on hugging different. You don't really see that enough. Not enough, I should say. You see a little bit. I see in shul by my Balabatim, davening the way people daven. It's it's uh, it's it's. You don't see it. It's something I guess that I kind of expected that would be that would come along with all these great challenges. That's something that I don't see very much. And hopefully it will come. You know, Shalem Kippur is here, that things will change, things will happen. People will get, people will get the message. And, and that's, that's what I'm hoping for. That's what we're all looking for. I have a question, which I think you may have already covered, but just to make sure, I think sometimes there could be sort of, um, a feeling in a person that's like, am I really Roy to be able to uh, sort of be up to this kind of a life situation? Okay, we know the great Sadiqim, the, but I, an ordinary person thinks to himself like, you know, who am I that Hashem could give me something like this? Is there any way to sort of help the ordinary person believe in themselves that they could do it and they do have that within them and um, it's not only something that can be accomplished by the truly great Sadiqim. I think that um, there are people that are born with greatness people are born with, with incredible Kishrin people are born with an extra heart, a bigger heart that feels for people uh, it comes more natural than other people but everybody in his or her own surah could achieve the maximum. Doesn't mean that they would, they're not going to become a Moshe Feinstein, they're not going to write Truvis and English Moshe. But on any level that a person is on, they could accomplish something. They could accomplish something. Some one of the people that came to visit me showed me a notebook. He's, I would call him 
a simpleton. I don't think he ever learned more even out of high school. But he decided to learn Mishnayas, and he takes notes, writing notes on things that, questions that he has, or things that he saw in the, in the art school in Farshim. And he brought me a thick notebook of notes that he wrote on Zerayim and on Tyrus. There's a Balabas in Farakaway who f- finished Shisajur Mishnah 16 times in the last five, five years, 16 times went through it and knows it incredibly well. So I think that, you know, every person, um, even those not, don't have the tchunos for the, to become a gadol in, in, in the sense that we know it, but can achieve something on their level of what Masha Libam Chafetz, where their heart takes them, that will be godless, that will be for them an incredible amount of achievement. As I mentioned before, a 17 year old boy built the biggest mosaic of Chesed we have today, come out in, all, in any community. We have 19 year old Hatzal members who've saved countless lives because they're dedicated to this mission. An incredible voda. I wish I could save some. But one life, like you save the entire world. But it's, it's something that a person could achieve his, her accomplishment will achieve godless on their level. And that's something that we have to strive for become better at what we can do. So um, I was just invited to this group uh, by my friend, uh, Simcha Perkal. And uh, today I, um, I thought of a, I sent a message to my friends uh, via Facebook saying to them that they, that they shouldn't worry about getting down on themselves about the Yitzhahara and the things that they're not able to overcome, but rather focus on the things that they can overcome and try and uh, and they'll be able to overcome that also. Is there any Makor? That, uh, that that's that what I said is true or is it just like you should just keep on going after every single thing? I'm, just not, sure, I'm not sure I got the question. Is a marker for what? For a person to choose? A person like not necessarily try it. Like if a person finds that they keep on like being nuchshal on something and they can't overcome, they can't overcome it and they become very like, despondent in themselves. They, like, is there any Makor that they, they shouldn't like keep on going after that Yitzhahara, that they should be, that they, that they should work on what they can, what they can focus on. And hopefully they'll, through, through doing my Simtovim, they'll eventually be able to overcome that as well, just by connecting to God's being coming closer to God. I mean, I think that, because uh, I'll speak about a person having to, to work on what is what his weaknesses are, what his weak points are, and the uh, a person, you know, it's not just saying let's ignore that part that something that he finds trouble, that he finds difficult, and just focus on other areas. 
a person needs also. Yes, you focus, give you positive reinforcement on things that are strong, but you, a person has to work hard to, to work on the parts that, are, that, that he's having difficulty with. Yeah, Rizal said a person should wants to know what his top kid in life is, what Hashem wants from him, what his avod in life is. So think about what's the hardest thing for him to do. What's hard for him? What Nisayon is hard for him? What he's, what he's nixal in? What he tries hard to stop? That difficulty is his Nisayon, is his Abish to create. That's your avod in life. This all says, Chaim Ital explains his Rebbe. person goes up to Shamayim after 120, He'll be asked specifically, besides, as the Ron Shabbos says, the questions, if you learn Torah, you do Chesed, etc. Personal will be said, this, Nakuda, how did you deal with this particular weakness that you had? What did you do to over, try to overcome it? And that is, Nakuda says, of Chaim Vital, that Rizal pointed out, is the tafkid in the person's life. You look for the weak point, and you say, that is what? Otherwise, because we don't have an Urim Tumim today. We have no Nevi'im. How do we know what we should be working on? How do we know what, what, what's our Tafkir? The reason all the Tafkir is the part that you find the hardest. The person finds that he, he says, Kas, he gets angry quickly at his, his parents, his spouse, his friends, his children. He just constantly gets angry. Then that's your weak point, and that's your vote in life. Person is uh, has difficulty being uh, uh, speaking lashon hara, and spot constantly can't stop. You that's your avoda in life. That's your tafkid in this world. So I think that just focusing on positive things, yes, I think that's very important, but not to focus on what is a weakness and try to overcome that and get become stronger. I think is something that a person's part of the avoda that a person has to do in this world. Um, if, if I may share a thought on this Indian, I remember seeing in the Rav Palm Sefer that he held regarding making Kabbalists in this time of year that there, there, uh, there is a, uh, a Mahalach that he recommended of people starting with what they are more inclined and more able to be successful at and through that coming to bring along with it even the harder things. So sometimes I can see the possibility that if I didn't find a way to be successful directly, this could be maybe sort of like a, a derech. I'm not, I'm not abandoning my desire to be successful even in the weak areas, but if I'll create greater keshe to Hashem through the areas that I could be successful, then of course I want to keep his whole Torah. Right now I feel this cut off, falling into years like Bishol said is the worst machla. So if I maintain a positive feeling about myself in, 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 in my whole spiritual state, that will also serve as a derech to get to the weaker areas. It's sometimes just a matter of the of trying to find the mahalach that will work, even though maybe the other ones in the past didn't work. I think we have time for another question, if anybody would like. Everybody's fine, then it's okay too. <laughs> I think more than anything, first of all, when you talk before every man did, you offer chizuk, you yourself. That was one 
very good uh, side thing for this tonight's thing. I, mean, I speak about Kizuk and Muna. It's Mukhazik myself a little bit. Whenever I have an opportunity to, to see Rabbi Schmidman and listen to him, I'm Mukhazik myself even more. So this for me was an incredible, pleasurable experience. And I look forward to Hashem to have more opportunities to be able to get together and to talk. We would like that very much. <laughs> Mr. Shaw, we're looking forward to that. Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for that. everybody, including your families. Shrizelcha Bez Hashem, three year. Shnaz Chaim, Tov Mashalom, Gulav. And four for everybody in Klai, Shrizelcha Bez Hashem, Amen. Amen.